Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today. Sort of a quiet early Sunday morning here. So I'm having to be a little quiet. Everybody's still asleep. (laughs) We continue to look at how we should be praying for a nation and how to come before the Most High God. We've looked at uh, Daniel chapter 9, Nehemiah chapter 9. They both give examples of how to pray. Uh, Ezra chapter 9 does too. And so remember the context here. The people had taken wives unto themselves that they shouldn't have taken. So Ezra comes and he uh, humiliates himself tears his garments, his robes. He falls on the face of the Lord. He pulled the hair out of his head. Remember that? His beard. And he says this in verse 6, O God, I am ashamed and embarrassed to lift up my face to you, my God. For our iniquities have risen above our heads and our guilt has grown even to the heavens. Since the days of our fathers to this day, we have been in great guilt. And on account of our iniquities, we... Our kings and our priests have been given into the hand of the kings of the land, to the sword, to the captivity, and to plunder, and to open shame, as it is to this day. And so he's saying to them, it's because of our iniquity. He's saying to the Lord God, we know it's because of our sin, our guilt, and our iniquities that we've been given over to this foreign influence that we've been given uh, over to other kings, that we've been plundered, we've been taken off to captivity. We know this. Verse 8, but now, for a brief moment, grace has been shown from the Lord our God to leave us an escaped remnant and to give us a peg in this holy place that our God may enlighten our eyes and grant us a little reviving in our bondage. We looked at these three verses in the previous episode, and he's acknowledging to God, Lord, you've let a remnant come back. And we're about to see more about that in the next verse. He says, you've let a remnant return. You've given us a peg in this holy place, this holy land right here. You've given us a little place to hang ourselves on, like you would hang a coat on a peg when you walk in the door. And the whole reason is that God would enlighten our eyes, that the Lord would give us insight, that he would grant us reviving even in the midst of our bondage. And, folks, that's where a lot of us are right now. Okay, even true believers, that we are, have been given a little peg in the holy place that the Lord has placed us where he's granted us. Even in the midst of the weirdness that is going on, This I'm, I'm doing this recording actually on Mother's Day, May the 10th, 2020, in the midst of the coronavirus crisis, <clears throat> which uh, by the time it's all said and done, most people are going to be really, really shocked when they see what this is all about and how this has come to fruition, what's occurred, what the purpose was, the evil behind it, such evil, uh, uh, we will know enough <clears throat> to understand, okay? But anyway, we are where we are, where the Lord will give us a little reviving to enlighten our eyes and to use us how he wants to use us. Verse 9 continues, For we are slaves, yet in our bondage, Our God has not forsaken us, but has extended loving kindness to us in the sight of the kings of Persia to give us reviving, to raise up the house of our God, to restore its ruins, 
and to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. <clears throat> so you see, uh, Ezra and Nehemiah are actually uh, used to be one book, I believe, in the Hebrew Scriptures. So it's during the same time, accounting the same events. <clears throat> the king of Persia had arisen, and he set the Jews free. A number of the Babylonians had come in and had taken them off of the captivity. They were in captivity for 70 years. But then there arose a king who released them. Okay, it had been prophesied by Isaiah that Cyrus would do this. Okay, And he released them. Not all of the Jews went back. As a matter of fact, a small percentage did. Most of them stayed in what was Babylon, but now the Persian Empire. <coughs> but the Persian king uh, granted, and he, the way uh, Esther describes it, extended loving kindness to us. Okay, it, God's loving kindness was released in the sight of the kings of Persia. So the Lord gave them reviving, and the point and the purpose of what they were supposed to do is listed right here. To raise up the house of our God, to restore its ruins, to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. You know, I believe that's where we are right now. To raise up the house of God, to declare the wonder and the glory of the house of God, to restore the ruins, actually, of the true body of Christ, of the true church, of how we are to be living uh, as kingdom people. I think the Lord is restoring that as a remnant that he's pouring that forth and through. And in the midst of these really difficult times <coughs> that are challenging times, there are great opportunities. You know, a lot of people are moaning and, and be moaning and wondering about, well, we can't go to church anymore. We can't do the church thing. I'm going to tell you, I think it's a good thing because some things are being brought down. Some things are being revealed. <laughs> what we consider to be uh, true faith and true kingdom life a lot of times isn't. We are too oriented around meeting in a particular building in a particular kind of way and doing things that have been done for hundreds of years in a particular kind of way quite often in the name of denominationalism and in the name of denominational founders. I mean, most of them, I think, would be, uh, <coughs> to use the term, rolling in their graves, rolling over in their grave, if they knew how uh, what was being done by in their name. <coughs> most of that has nothing to do with the kingdom of God. And people are finding out, wait a minute, I can be a kingdom vessel. I can do things outside what I thought the structure of the kingdom of God was. And the Lord is revealing things. He's restoring things. He's raising things up. And it says right here, to give us a wall in Judah and Jerusalem. I think he's given us a wall of protection, a wall of offense, a wall of defense uh, within his spirit as the body of Christ. <clears throat> here with Ezra and Nehemiah, the people, they come back. It's because the love and kindness of the Lord has brought them to the land. I think the love and kindness of the Lord's doing the same thing with us, that he's bringing us back. Uh, to the ancient ways, the ancient paths, what the true faith is, what the true life of the kingdom is, the love of the Lord and the grace of the Lord being poured out through his people, uh, setting aside the false distinctions that we, I, I want to get into that, that we use among the body of Christ and how we uh, exalt people and do things and exalt positions and roles and functionings. You don't see any of that in Scripture. What you see is the Lord extending his love and kindness through his body and his roles and his functionings to do what? 
to revive his house. What you see in Ephesians 4, that chapter right there gives us so much insight to build up his body. Okay, to build up his body. Right here is reviving to raise up the house of the Lord. The Lord wants to build up his body. He wants us to live as he's designed us. And he'll allow things to come along to take down all the false stuff that we create in his name, right? So, Ezra 9, 9. Read this. Take it to heart. See what the Lord's saying to you. And I'll see you next time.